funnier every time I listen to it. And I've listened to it like 15 times. <laughs> Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today's episode is extra special. We're celebrating our one year of podcasting with an Ask Us Anything q and I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. So we've been doing this for a year. It just says discuss. <laughs> it's an outline, not a script. I mean, now that we've been doing it for a year, it feels like it's something that you've always done. You know what I mean? Podcasting? Yeah. It does a little bit. Yeah, just something that you've... Factor in timeline-wise, and then for recording, and for you for editing, and for both of us for reading Buddy Reads, Mm -hmm. which is something that we didn't always use to do, so that at least still feels new, but it's nice to have a format for it and have people listen. Yeah, it has been really fun. So to celebrate and to bring in our listeners to this one-year podcast anniversary conversation... I'm not going to be able to say that word. I've had too many beers. (laughs) We're recording this after a football game, that's why. Packers just won, y'all. I feel like we should preface that. Four and one. Um, So we asked our listeners for questions for this Ask Us Anything episode. And it was pretty easy to split it into three clear categories for the questions that they asked. We have life stuff, book stuff, and podcast stuff. And we'll answer them in that order. Real original, guys. But for a book podcast, there's book stuff. (laughs) Come on. What were you expecting them to ask? I don't know. About the Packers? They don't think they care. We're recording in our matching Packers sweatshirts right now, too. That we went out in public in. We did. (laughs) Um, I'm intrigued by the the life questions. I think these are going to be fun. Yeah. Um, At the end of the episode, we also have a giveaway announcement. And we're giving away three free months of Libro FM to three listeners who wrote reviews for us. So um, stay tuned for that. And let's start with the life stuff. People were curious about our day jobs. I wonder why. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we know you do these things for fun. What do you do with the other timeline of your Most week? of the hours of your day? Yeah. Uh, so the first question is, is Chelsea back in the classroom? Which I feel like you're in a better position to answer. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I am. Um, Right now, I am in a long-term sub position. Uh, It's very tricky to transfer your state license to New York. Uh, And so while I'm in the process of that, I am a long-term sub for someone who is on maternity leave. So I teach 9th, 11th, and 12th grade English. And in a couple of weeks, I will start teaching for the local community college, and I'll be teaching English 101 writing classes. I will say I'm excited to try teaching college because that's new for me, and we'll see how I like it. I think that's going to be an interesting part is just you've taught 9th, 11th before. Did you? I've taught 9th and 10th grade. 11th and 12th is new for me now. Well, you taught high school before, so Mm -hmm. teaching some community college classes is going to be a nice little change. Yeah, so far so good. Um, this one is more to your job, but I think the question is for both of us. Uh What are your favorite and least favorite aspects of military life? Because you are a captain in the U.S. Army, so that's a big part of our day-to-day. Yeah. I feel like you should answer this first. (laughs) You need to think about it? Well, yeah, but also you should answer it first. Um, 
Gosh, I mean, one of my favorite things is that we've lived in all these different places that we otherwise just never would have gone to. Yeah. And we've met some lifelong friends. Obviously, the least favorite. It would be easy for me to say, like, all the separation with the two of us. And that does stink. But I think a lot of jobs, like, take people away from each other. Um, So I think something that's more specific to military life that I really have a hard time with is that you're constantly acclimating to change and you're never settled. Mm -hmm. And I'm the kind of person who likes to be, like, very settled and steady. And that's that hasn't been very true for the military experience um you're always acclimating if you're not acclimating to a new place to live you're acclimating to a new routine you're acclimating to your person being gone you're acclimating to your person being back you're acclimating to a new job for you you're acclimating to new friends and all of that changes not just every few years but truly every few months there's a new change and so you're constantly in the throes of that and I think I've gotten better at it. It's taught me to be a lot more flexible, but it's still probably my least favorite aspect of military life. Yeah. So I think that answers the question. I think I'll take the easy least favorite and just say the familial separation. Yeah. Um, and that applies also to Penny. Yes. Not just being apart from me, yeah. being apart from Penny <laughs> and like missing family stuff, big family events and stuff. Yeah. Like there's a family reunion coming up that you're going to miss and stuff like that. It's yeah. tough. Um, and just the other, t- like the good parts about my job are the fulfilling nature of it and the true like calling that I felt for it. So years ago, even before I joined the army, I felt the need to serve. So there's still that like fulfillment that I get from it, but then it's more in like the day-to-day interactions. Like I told you yesterday, like the cool parts about my job are when people that I work with will like throw some either affection or recognition that like I'm doing a good job and that's the little things that keep you going more than like the overarching feelings of service. Um, but I genuinely just like what I do. So that's, that makes it easy. Um, and then there's that constant fighting back and forth with like, how long are you going to stay in a job that where you like what you do, but takes you away from your family. Mm -hmm. So that's just the debate that we have to deal with constantly. But I, I get what you're saying about the uprooting, but like, that's part of the thing that I like about the army is I do something different every like two years. I have a new job and I have to like learn new skills, learn how to interact with new people. And I find that challenging and I like it. I like new things and I actually do like change. It's just that the tr- I hate transition. Yes. Transition and, time is the worst. And there's a lot of transition time with the army. I think we, so. I think we went deep on this one. Hey, it's an ask us anything. So... You thought we went deep on this one. Uh, the next question is, what is your best marriage advice? Wow, people going hard to the paint on the life <laughs> stuff questions. All right. Um, honestly, I think something that I learned from doing this show is just being patient with each other and trying to find things that you like to do together. And then even when you're doing activities to not make it feel like work, make it enjoyable and something that you like to do. So... Um, there's times when I get frustrated with 
us and the way that we're communicating and doing other things. And then sometimes we'll sit down and talk about a book that we've both read and it opens up different avenues. And so I, th- I feel like this was a good way for us to connect more in the last year and going forward, especially when I'm going to be deploying again as a way for us to connect. So so your marriage advice is start a podcast. No, <laughs> it's not for everybody. No, <laughs> but for us reading together, I guess is what you're saying. Find that thing that you can do together to yeah. talk about activity or common. What, what else would I say? common interest is something so Mm -hmm. either finding ways to connect and converse because i think that's just another aspect of it too is just we're talking a lot more and like that i've totally noticed that flowing out into the rest of our marriage of like how much more chatty we are with each other Mm -hmm. and we're both very introverted and we have to be independent because we're used to spending a lot of time apart from one another so Mm -hmm. sometimes it's easy for us to like not even say that much to each other for a while yeah but I think doing this on a regular basis and then talking about books on a more regular basis has led to us having maybe deeper or more thorough conversations in other aspects of our lives. Boom. Nuggets dropped. That wasn't my advice, though. No, that was mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just sounded like closure. So I was no, like, wait. No, you, you still got yours. I think that my best marriage advice is to treat your relationship like its own separate entity that you protect and save because you're inevitably going to get irritated with each other you're inevitably going to have disagreements and make each other mad and like disappoint each other because you're human and putting two humans in a long-term relationship is obviously going to be tough for anyone no matter what kind of relationship that is um but if you think of your relationship as its own separate entity that you're trying to protect and that you're both putting ahead of everything and you just kind of count on the fact that your other person is doing that too um so like i just trust that you have my best interests in mind and vice versa and that makes arguments go a lot better because then you're coming from a place of like oh well i know that you have my best interests in mind it's just that you disagree with this Mm -hmm. and that like i know that you're caring for our relationship it's just that we are irritated about this thing Mm -hmm. and having that helps i think that's been successful for us so far do you want to hear my advice about getting married that i always tell my soldiers sure don't (laughs) (laughs) aren't these like 19 year olds though most of the time they're younger and shouldn't yeah you know it's it's just funnier (laughs) just curtis don't do it don't do it well, the fun part is like, I'm always just like, never do it, never get married, don't do it. And they look at me and they're like, sir, you talk about your wife all the time. <laughs> we know that you have a healthy relationship. <sighs> all right. So we've moved on from life stuff. Now we're going to be talking about book stuff. Shocker, considering the nature of our show. Um, how do you decide which books to sell, donate, and which books to keep? Uh, first of all, it's always sell because we're about that cash. I donate books all the time. Well, that, I'm all about that <laughs> <Yeah>. cash. <laughs> to buy more books. It's feeding the habit. Um, so I had put it on a strict will I read this again scale. Like I will, mm-hmm. I'll literally have it in my hand and be like, can I see myself reading this again? And if I can't, it goes in the pile and gets rid of it. Either that or I've had a change of heart about the author, um, like some of the military books that I have where I'll learn more about them later on down the line or they've 
compromise themselves in certain ways so that I don't want to have their books on my bookshelves anymore. You cancel them. Yeah. So like a, a book that I used to love was The Heart and the Fist by Eric Greitens. Uh, he was a Navy SEAL humanitarian. The book was fantastic and he was like a good dude. And then he ran for the governor of Missouri and cheated on his wife and got impeached or something. So perhaps he was not such a good dude all along. Yeah. But now I don't own that book anymore because I don't want to have it on my shelf. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that that makes it pretty easy. <laughs> uh, I get rid of books all the time. So I guess, yeah, that's one litmus test is do I think I would ever read this again? I'm not much of a rereader. So, uh, I sometimes think, well, is there like a special memory attached to this book? Is it a book that I would reference again? Or is it a book that I uh, would loan out to a friend as one of my favorites Mm -hmm. and want to have a conversation about that with them? Because like we said, with the military, we're making new friends all the time. Um, So I kind of think, well, if I make a new friend and they like to read and they're wanting to read a book that's one of my all-time faves, do I have that on my shelf to give them to borrow? Uh, but I'm pretty, uh, free about getting rid of books. I like to send them to my friends. I like to donate them to the local library. Um, and I kind of just look at my shelves and I have, if I have a book that has been sitting there for a long time and I'm not inclined to pick it up and read it, and I think I'll survive if I don't read this, I get rid of it. And then if it's supposed to come back into my life, then it'll come back in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not very precious about books. And I think I've gotten that way, especially maybe as I've gotten older, but I think especially as we move around a lot and yeah. have kind of called our possessions and you realize what's important when you're throwing stuff on a moving truck all the time. <laughs> Every couple of years having to see the books again and put them mm-hmm. back on the shelves. Yeah. yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I like this question. Um, what is one book you think everyone should read in high school? And now this doesn't have to be something that like we read in high school. My selection for this definitely is not. So you're thinking of this as like all encompassing. Right. Like if we could require every American teenager to read one book in high school, what would we require them to read? I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I say Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Okay. I would say If Beale Street Could Talk by James Baldwin. Ooh, good. Heck, I love that book. And those two would actually pair really well together as, like, I would probably read Beale Street first and then Between the World and Me. And I think that would be a great, like, American lit unit right Mm -hmm. there, those two books. Yeah. Solid. High five. We don't high five enough on this show. (laughs) Because who wants to listen to a podcast of constant high fives on the mic? <laughs> Do you want to just like high five after every show? Will that make you feel a little bit better? better? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh. Oh, okay. I thought we should give you a chance to respond to these questions from Ruth Ann. Don't crack your knuckles on mic. Oh, I'm cracking knuckles on the no. mic. Ruth Ann, you and I got some beef, sister. <laughs> Ruthann asked, Curtis, why do you insist on using book darts the wrong way? I'm giving you an opportunity to answer here. Uh, Okay, so in reference to this attack from 
Lau, one, look, one of our friends. Book, using book darts the right way means that you use the pointy part of the book dart to point to the quote that you're marking. I disagree with that being and characterized the as the right way. Just for side goes on the opposite side of the page. And I have been on record on this show saying that I prefer to use book darts the other way. With or, the rounded side. Rounded side, which is also the shorter side, as being the way to mark the quote that I'm trying to reference back to. Namely because the point will overlap the words and that messes with my sense of order only on some books though most of the margins that i deal with that cuts into the wording so that messes with my sense of order okay that's fine you're wrong but that's okay hey i Why? insist on using it that way because <laughs> it messes with my sense of order okay so ruthann ruthann should understand sense of order yeah if so I say, if i say that she should get it we'll see but she continues her attacks on me. <laughs> Why do you continue to be fooled by the marketing scheme that is deckled edges? Okay. And I have strong feelings about this because I agree. Deckled edges need to die. I don't mind deckled edges. They're horrible. It's not that I love deckled edges. It's that I don't have feelings about them one way or the other. But don't they feel icky when you turn the pages? No. And the pages get stuck together. Yeah. And it's just like a sensory thing. I hate it. I kind of like them. Now, the more that you talk about that you don't like them, <laughs> it's gonna make I you like them. Such a difficult. Like I used to, I used to enjoy them because it, to me it felt like a um, kind of a throwback, more. But it's not. It's a brand new book. Yeah, fine. But it <laughs> has the sensory feeling of something that's old and like not as like. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, pristine yeah which is the condition you typically like your books in so i'm surprised you like pages that look like they're ripped on the edge ironic right but also it's got like this old school vibe where the pages don't aren't 100 percent correct and like chopped up correctly so it's annoying i don't mind them but the but more see, that you and ruthann talk about them <laughs> the more i'm gonna like them so i think the only way that i can respond to this is every time that i see a book deckled edge book i have to send it to ruthann bring it on Okay. I'm not, not scared of her. All right. Those are fighting words. She started it. <laughs> I think you started it with your crappy opinions. Whoa. <laughs> Unnecessary. All right. I like this question. Uh, our final book stuff question is, what is our dream literary vacation? We, we ta- just talked about yeah, this we yesterday. Were, we were talking about this yesterday. We It's a combination of a literary vacation with my love of brown liquors and wanted to go to some distilleries in scotland as we want to do like a england scotland ireland trip so that we could go to inverness for outlander the globe theater in england for our shakespeare obsession um and then where is that um little i think wigton there are a couple of really amazing bookstores in scotland that we would want to go to and there's a book festival there too Mm -hmm. and that would be cool but i have to say out of all of that the globe theater is absolutely my dream literary vacation to go and see a play at the globe hands down wrapped it all up into three our next category is podcast stuff so we have a few more questions which makes sense because this is a podcast and the first question is, how do you come up with topics for the podcast? I mean, that's easy because one out of two topics every month is our buddy read. Right. So <laughs> as soon as we had that idea for the format of the show being like, hey, we're going to read books together and talk Once about it. Once a month. Yeah. It made it easy for that to be the majority of the topics. But for like the off buddy read episodes, it's kind of a back and forth between us. Like either you'll have something or I'll have something and... I don't know. I think it just 
So sometimes we'll have like a meeting and brainstorm session and then come up with a big list of ideas and ideas kind of morph and get more specific from there. Sometimes it's like what's going on in our lives or what we're reading at the moment. Uh, Recently, we had a podcast meeting and kind of decided that we're going to take a few things that we've really liked from the show and go with a slightly new format for the next year or next season, however you want to think of it. So I like to think of it as a season. Yeah. Uh, So it's a little bit natural. It's kind of important to like write ideas down when you have them so that you can remember them for later. Yeah. And sometimes it's an intentional like, oh crap, we don't have any ideas for next month and we need to sit down and figure this out. So I mean, I think that's the benefit of sitting down and talking things over is that we'll get a couple of different ideas that we can develop over time. And like the fact that we've been able to plan out most of our shows for the past year, Mm -hmm. a couple months in advance was a big help because then we're outlining, we're thinking of ideas as we go through. Yeah. So I also think... A lot of book podcasts are all talking about some of the same things, which is totally fine. And people still like to listen to multiple book podcasts. It's just that you can have a different take on that topic. So we're not the only book podcast to talk about our favorite mystery books in the month of October. Certainly not. But because we're different people from other podcast hosts, it's going to sound a little bit different. So... Mm -hmm. I don't think we have to worry too much about like copying ideas because it's going to be different because our format is different and because we're different hosts. Mm -hmm. And something that I've thought about a lot as we plan podcast topics is that we don't have to do anything super flashy because the feedback that we get and the reason I listen to podcasts is because I like the way that the hosts interact with each other and I like to feel like I'm in on the conversation. Mm -hmm. And so if we can accomplish that, then whatever we're talking about will be natural and flow and please the listeners so it's also just like it has to be interesting for us yeah like if we don't like what we're talking about no you guys aren't gonna yeah. like it listening to it so because this is legit literally like just our time where we're like where we're gonna have a conversation together mm-hmm. and we want it to be interesting so yeah i hope well that was a much longer answer to that question than i thought it would be <laughs> yeah but it, it, it makes sense it's um, nice behind the scenes stuff so the next one is, what do you do if you don't like a buddy read book? We burn it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Can you imagine if we were that dramatic? We burn it and then we put it live in stories. No, I'm just kidding. That would be hilarious um, i don't believe in book burning obviously um this this has happened before like we have yeah. a couple of our buddy read episodes we've discussed books that we didn't really enjoy and kind of thought fell flat um but we're not i don't think we're scared to talk about that no and that ends up being really interesting for conversation yeah i, I like it when people comment on our shows and they're like i'm glad i'm not the only person that felt this about mm-hmm. a certain book that everybody else seems to like um, and I guess that just shows that we're trying to have authentic discussions and authentic conversations. So we're not going to like prop a book up because everybody else likes it. Mm-hmm. If we don't like something, we're just going to say that we don't like it. Yeah. And I'll skim a book if I don't love it, but I feel like I have to get through it for the podcast. That's really only happened like one time that I can think of. Yeah. Um, Sometimes if I don't like a book and it's really popular, I feel like I have to finish it so that I can really explain why I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's enjoyable to read a book that you don't quite like for some reason. 
just for the like intellectual purpose of figuring that out and navigating that in your reading life. That's like ultimate book nerd stuff right there. Developing your critical lens. Yeah. Yeah, nerd. (laughs) But it's true. Like, and it's happened before where we think we're going to like a book or we like a certain author and then it just doesn't click for whatever reason. But Mm -hmm. it's not like we're going to completely throw that episode out because that's, you know, that's podcast gold is when we don't like stuff and talk about it. So... Yeah, for the most part, we've liked our buddy reads, though. I like, like to you think, have to be good at picking them. I like to think that's because we're good at analyzing what we both like mm-hmm. and then trying to find books that will fit that. Talking with Anne Bogle on What Should I Read Next, episode 164, helped, I think. Developing that. Yeah, Agreed. I think so. Also episode 200. Yes. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, <laughs> Gotta throw it out there. But... And then obviously like practicing. And then the more books that we read, the more you figure out what you liked about that book and where we can cross all of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. Curtis, what has been your favorite podcast recording moment? Uh, 60 seconds ago when I made you bust out laughing <laughs> when I said we burned books. Was that really? No, I'm just kidding. Um, this is a tough one. Um, I'd say overall just recording with other people and not to say that I don't enjoy talking to you yeah. and recording those conversations. But you know, we do that like every other week. Yeah. So so it's special when we bring other people into the mix and I feel like we're good at interviews or when we're just talking with other people, not necessarily like having pointed questions, but talking with other people. So when we had like Dorian and Harmony on our show. Love them. Um, our two-parter with our friends Rich and Britt when we were talking about Beale Street is mm-hmm. some of my favorite content that we've ever done. Um, and then being on Ann Bogle's podcast a couple of times. And then when I was on Manuary for SSR with Allie. Oh, yeah. Um, and then and you read The Phantom Toll Booth. Yeah. Um, so I like being, one, on other people's shows, and then, two, having other people on our show because I feel like it expands our family and brings other people into what we're doing. Um, and maybe we'll incorporate interviews someday, but yeah, those are special episodes. I don't know that that will be a very regular thing for us. Your turn to answer about your favorite moment. My favorite moment, lucky for our listeners, is on mic. I've recorded it. My favorite moment is every time Curtis sings (laughs) while we're recording and I get to record it for you. I think this is part of your evil plan. (laughs) Evil plan for what? To display it for the you know whoever listens i asked you if it would be okay for me to put it out there yeah and you said yes yeah i whatever it is sometimes i just have a song in my heart and i got a (laughs) warm-up routine so so enjoy listeners and this is the curtis singing supercut we'll catch up with you after you enjoy this musical interlude You had to check that we were recording to make sure your singing was on. Ray, a drop of golden sun. I'm just going to save all of the files of you singing and put it into a super cut. Me, a name I call myself. I'm waiting for you to... <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Live to win. <laughs> Chelsea's going to get some tissue. I don't know how long she's going to be gone.
but hopefully not its issue. La la. Moses supposes his chosen son roses. But Moses supposes erroneously. Do re mi fa sol la ti do. Always have Beyonce at the ready. Well, why were you questioning me with my Fleetwood at the ready always? That makes sense. <laughs> All right. Listen to the wind blow. If you're lost and alone, you will find me. Time <laughs> it's funnier every time I listen to it, and I've listened to it like 15 times. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard some of that stuff. And don't worry, that's only one file. I started a new one. No, you didn't. I did. Oh my god. <laughs> well, people are going to have to decide whether they like it or they don't like it. <laughs> Maybe it'll end up on Patreon, the next one. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh man. You All right, let's bring it down. You weren't recording your laughter just then, were yeah, you? Yeah, I was. Don't you worry. Were? Okay. <laughs> Are we back recording for <sighs> the show? We're recording. Okay. Um, so we're back. <laughs> I don't know whether I should be ashamed or proud. <laughs> but, you know, I'm I'm just me. <laughs> Sometimes I got a song in my heart. I think the people are going to love it, Curtis. <sighs> don't even worry about it. Let's see, is that going to be a problem? Is that going to prop me up too much? Probably. Yeah, I don't need that. Okay, let's uh, tear ourselves down here. Oh, what has been our least favorite episode? Mm-hmm. Why are we asking this question, guys? Um, now I have to go back and act, like look through. Do you have one readily available? Yeah, just because I didn't like the book, I think our Lizzie Borden episode was kind of meh. Go for it. Explain why. Because neither of us really liked the book. And like we said, like, it's fine to have a negative opinion about a book. Um, and I still think it was a decent episode because we talked about a lot of historical stuff, which is enjoyable for us because we're nerdy. But yeah, when I think of my least favorite episode, that's the only one that comes to mind first. And I don't really care to dig deeper because one thing that I've learned through this creative process is to just put it out there and take in the good feedback if you have, like criticism only take in the criticism that is useful and i just really try not to beat myself up and overthink the episodes that we've put out because it doesn't serve anything yeah i think just for the perfectionist in me i would say our first episode the hardy boys and nancy drew comparison just because it's the first one that you're doing Mm -hmm. we're figuring stuff out getting the rhythms so i you know, looking back on it, you feel like you can do that topic over again and you wouldn't hit the notes that you want to. Um, but overall, like, majority of stuff that we've done, I feel like we've done a good job. Yeah, there hasn't been an episode. I think part of that is because we don't interview people all the time. Like, I think that could be dangerous, you know, dangerous if there's, like, an interview that goes awry. Then there's obviously, oh, that's my least favorite episode. But, mm-hmm. um Yeah, the only one that really stands out to me is the Lizzie Borden book, because it was just okay. Yeah, 
and I didn't even finish the book. <laughs> it makes sense. It's easier for us to have like good conversation if we both enjoy yeah. it, or we the opposite where yeah. we both like like read recursion it. where we both read it and we're like, okay, we have to talk about why we didn't like this. Exactly. It's like um, that middle ground where it wasn't even like where it was like meh. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I could go back. Here's the thing: you listen to our episodes after they're published, but I don't. Because I've already listened to them, so we record them, I edit, so I've already listened to the episode at least twice, so I don't listen to it again. I think if I listened to them again, I would probably have much stronger opinions about that. But like once they're out there in the world, I don't go back and listen and like pick it apart. Mm -hmm. Because I know that's bad for my mental health, so I don't do that. (laughs) Um, So I think you have... A different opinion about that and i would agree like our early episodes that's any podcast you have to find your footing i think we're still like figuring some stuff out yeah we're only one year in yeah so all right let's talk about what our most favorite episodes are oh don't talk to me first i didn't even think about this one um it's so hard you know just because i feel like it was a discussion that not a lot of other book podcasts were having, but it was a good discussion for us, would have been like our autobi authors mm, episode mm-hmm. where we talked about authors that if we, no matter what it is and what they're discussing, um, we'll buy it because of either our relationship with them or we like the topics that they choose if they're a nonfiction writer. Um, so I feel like that's the type of episode that I really like where we're pushing, not really I want to say pushing the envelope because we're not being like... That wasn't a controversial topic or anything. Yeah, but it's like we're finding new things to discuss and like provoke conversation with our listeners where you're like looking at your shelves and thinking about buying books. And if there's a person that you will just automatically buy whatever they put in out. Mm -hmm. I think one of my favorites is our Song of Achilles discussion. Okay. Do you think that's your favorite buddy read that we've done? I think it's our favorite, but, well, yeah, probably. We were both very excited to talk about it, and we were so excited to each bring our expertise because you had all of this history knowledge to bring to the table, and I had all of this literature knowledge, and we were so excited to combine that, and it was just fabulously nerdy. Mm -hmm. And that was one of our early buddy reads, so it was like when we were still figuring out how to discuss the books on the podcast together, Mm -hmm. and that one just felt like it really clicked. Um... I've definitely noticed that people are still picking it up after, before or after they listen to that episode. Um, and it's just, I mean, it was a great book. It was a great discussion. And it stands out in my mind as one that we were both really excited about. Yeah. And that we, like, couldn't stop talking about it. That was a long episode, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think that... Like, buddy reads aren't necessarily our most downloaded episodes because most people like to read the book before they listen to it, but they're probably my favorites to record. I'd agree with that. We're finding more conversation and because we've been taking notes, mm-hmm. it's a more stimulating conversation because we find things that we're wanting to talk about. Yeah, and I don't know. They're just fun because it's our two-person book club and it is something to look forward to together. Well, Two person plus however many people yeah. <laughs> download and listen. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is our last question. Really? So soon? I know. This has been fun. Yeah. We're going to have to do another one of these episodes. 
Was starting a podcast worth it? Oh boy, that's a that's a heavy question. Because it does like this takes up a good chunk of our free time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes planning. It takes effort. So is all of the effort behind a podcast worth it? I'd say as the person who does the least amount of work for the show, <laughs> um, I would say it's worth it for me just for stuff that we've already talked about where it's, you know, I'm not going to be like over the top about it and say that it's like saved our marriage and oh, done all of these things, but like, no, we didn't need saving, thankfully. No, yeah, but it's like helped aspects of our daily lives and then weekly routines where we're talking about books and conversing with each other and working towards this common goal. And it's also fun. Like, we'd stop doing it if it wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm enjoying, like, trying to interact more with the listeners on Instagram and doing all of that stuff. So that's becoming a little bit of an adjustment. And I'd say that was the other, like, tough part to get used to is, like, that people know who you are and are, like, either admiring of your work or don't like what you're doing. Um, so that, like was a weird transition like when we met people in Tulsa who knew who we were and then reading some stuff on the internet about like some of the reviews stuff like that um I think that was just the like overall tough transition trying to get used to being out there in the public space because I'm not used to being out in the public space Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so you're saying it was worth it but like that that's weird like getting over that weird aspect yeah is has been like the fulfilling part so overall i'd say it's worth it um if it wasn't fun and stopped being enjoyable we would stop doing it Mm -hmm. so it's been fun so far i like the fact that we're got a little bit of a listener base that's got these questions for us and enjoys what we put out episodes so as soon as they stop listening we'll stop doing it (laughs) um so like personally on a personal level for me doing this podcast has been really worth it because I've learned a lot about the creative process. I've learned a lot about putting work out there for the world. And um, I've learned a lot about myself as a creative. And I feel like I can call myself that because I do a lot of the legwork for this project. And doing all of that has really boosted my confidence in being a writer, being a creative, being an artist who likes to work on new projects. Right. And being okay with putting those things out into the world has been huge for me. Um, And learning that you can do something and not know where it's going to go and just do the thing and figure it out as you go. I'm the kind of person that likes to have a plan ahead of time. I like to have everything figured out. But I've really been okay with just like doing the podcast, learning as we go. We've had to make adjustments like going from weekly episodes to bi-weekly and like it was no big deal. Like doing what works for you and making these projects fit around your life. That's all been really big for me personally, learning those lessons. And then on a broader scale, it has been every time that we get a message or a review that a couple is reading together and that they listen to our podcast together, it just like absolutely sends me over the moon. It's so sweet. That was the goal. And we have a lot of long distance friends because of military life and moving all the time and living across the country from our college friends or our childhood friends. And when we hear from them specifically, like that's really special because we don't always get to keep in touch with everybody. 
because it's hard. Like you can only have a handful of people that you really communicate with regularly. But the fact that some of our friends are listening to the podcast and like having that connection and keeping in touch that way is really sweet. And every time that we hear from them, that just makes my heart, I don't know, I get warm fuzzies all the time from this project. And it's, it is just really special hearing from listeners about how we've impacted their reading lives or their relationships. Um, and then like the other day when your friend sent us a message and was like, Hey, we went on a used bookstore date. Thanks for, uh, giving us the push. It was a lot of fun. We're going to do it again. Um, and it just felt so good. Yeah. That's the really goal we had at the beginning. It's like, if we got some more couples to read together and make that a part of their lives or not even couples, like we have a mother daughter, uh, pair of listeners that listen to the podcast together and they read together. And so yeah, it's just been really special. Yeah. So overall, worth it. Definitely. You, want, you up for another year? Yeah. Let's do it. If we can make it work, I, I think as long as we can make the podcast work around our lives somehow, mm-hmm. it might look different year to year, and that's okay with me. Uh, yeah. Let's do another year. Season two. <laughs> season We're two. We're call it season two. <laughs> All right, Curtis, uh, let's end this episode by announcing our giveaway winners. Uh, We randomly selected these listeners from our Apple Podcast reviews. If this is you, please send us an email at hereadsheredpodcast at gmail.com so that we can send your free three-month Libro FM subscription. Uh, Be sure to include your full name and nickname you used for your review in the email uh, so that we can verify. Our winners are M2026, so em2026 uh phil fred 1111 p h i l f r e d 1111 and dr ogden o g d e n so those are our three winners um we'd love to do a giveaway like this again thank you to everyone for writing your reviews on apple podcasts we love reading them and as we've said on the show uh your reviews help other bookworms find our show we'd also love for you to connect with us on social media or email we're on twitter and instagram at he read she read or you can email us at uh, he read she read podcast at gmail.com also you can sign on as a patron at patreon.com slash he read she read thank you all for listening and remember the couple that reads together comes back for season two sounds good <laughs> <laughs>